You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. Coming to you from the Detroit Sound Studios above Active 8 Gaming, it's The Undercard. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy. Yeah, we're live. All right. Welcome to the undercard. Michelle, go help them out there really quick. I'll intro. Uh, it is a lasagna party for Cody Stamen, who went out to UFC uh, in, in Las Vegas, took care of business, and we promised him cutting weight that the world-famous Rochelle's lasagna would be part of his victory uh, here at Podcast Detroit. But... We want to start off by uh, giving our thoughts out to our brothers and sisters out in Vegas. Uh, obviously, a huge tragedy since we've last been on the air happened, so the show's dedicated to the people of uh, Vegas. And then, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that later, but Cody, taking care of business. Yeah. God. Feels good. Feels good, dude. Feels really good. You look like uh, a human again. I know. Uh, I know. I, I'm, uh, I'm not quite as thin as, thin as the last time you saw me. <laughs> uh, Vegas, Vegas, uh, Vegas got me after the fight. Yeah? Did you have fun? Oh, yeah. We had a blast. Good. We had a good time. Well, this is uh, – we've, we've talked about it. I even did a little video intro to it. Um, I should video you tasting it and, oh, and seeing, seeing. hold on, let me pull up the... No, because what if he doesn't like it? No, well, then we're getting real live news that he doesn't <laughs> like it. Hold on. I uh, can't, I'm looking at this like there's no possible way that I'm not going to Hold like on this. one second. Like we got to pull up Facebook Live. <laughs> Facebook Live this? Oh, yeah, you got to... We're waiting on it. Do, 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 do. And then we're going to break down your fight because uh, that was that was a great fight, dude. It was fun. You, you, you took care of uh, business. All it right. was fun. Hold on. One, let's say it's starting live. It seems like Facebook is moving slower. I in apologize. The world. There were no forks, so there's no. spoons. All right. Cody, this is your victory lasagna. Victory this lasagna. Li- this is Rochelle's uh, secret recipe. She doesn't tell anybody. <laughs> is it the best you've ever had? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, to give well, you an idea, what is this? What's that? Is it, is it there, I, I'm tasting like a million kinds of cheeses in here. There's four kinds of cheeses. Wow, that's so good. Yep. And then there's a secret ingredient which you probably can figure out. But then no she has uh, no, no one. Can. No one can figure it out. <laughs> Rochelle's bragging. So She's like, no, nobody can figure it out. It's, it's not like a. So every time you win, you come back and you get get your lasagna. I'll, lasagna. I'll, I'll, I'll beat people up for this. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. It's absolutely awesome. For sure. All right. So we'll finish the video here and post uh, Cody giving it. But, yeah, that's her secret her secret recipe. That's uh, what we bribe people with in the boxing world and MMA world. That's how we get so many accounts. That's a we good just, tool. Like, yeah, we're just like, you want us to bring lasagna? 
because we'll, we'll bring lasagna. You know what you got to do. But so let's talk a little bit about your fight. Um, first off, uh, let's let's talk um, what overall what you would give your performance. Uh, seven, seven out of ten. Honestly, uh, I was uh, I was like a, I was like a rock the whole time, as far as like emotions and nerves and everything going into this. You know, with with this being on like a whole different level. Uh, you know, in comparison to everything else that that I've had, you know, coming up to this, you know, fighting this guy, being like a real underdog, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, and like seeing the attention that he was getting compared to the attention that I was getting, like I was just like, I was like a gangster. I'm like, I'm gonna kill this guy, and then like, I was walking out to the cage, and like I felt like every single nerve in the world hit me. In that first round, I came out pretty flat. <clears throat> And you know, pretty much lost the first round. I I think. Yep. Um, and then, like uh, after you know, getting a little bit tired and kind of you know after that, getting hit a few times, it was like, okay, you know, you're, not, you're in a cage fight. <laughs> you know how to do this. And then after that, uh, everything was good. But uh, yeah, I definitely came out. I came out really really flat. But uh, you know, getting a w- win over a guy that's supposed to be the number one prospect on the planet. Hmm. Well, and, like- and not having a good night. Uh, right. Uh, but you, I don't. I don't necessarily consider you coming out flat. Just having watched you over the years, I, I thought Tony's pressure. You adjusted to it. I, I thought that you know he he came he came forward and a was lot, constantly yeah. pressuring. There was even a point during round one where I think you you, you, you kind of reset. You kind of like danced around the octagon and kind of reset a little bit. Yeah. And then round two, um, your your leg kicks. Uh, your ability to stand up with him surprised him, and then all of a sudden he's not putting as much pressure on you. And then yeah, the takedowns yeah, the take is just destroy it. I mean, you your takedown rate. I don't know if you've been stopped yet. I, 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 did, I did. He definitely stuffed one. He stuffed one of them in the first round for sure. Yeah, but you got to have a high percentage there. And then you know you, you, the way you guys you're taking people down uh, is kind of like defeating them in the ring mm-hmm. um, and body shots. I don't know if anybody caught that, but. I hit him with some hellacious body shots. Like, uh, like there were like, two different knees in the first round. I know hurt him. Like, I like I hit him. I felt like took all the life out of him. But the kid just kept coming forward. But then I could see in the second round that the body shots were hurting him. That it was hurting his gas tank because he wasn't coming forward as much. Every time he came forward, I'd leg kick him or hit him with a body shot, and it was wearing on him. Or I'd double leg him, and then he didn't want to come forward anymore. And you know what I mean? I kind of broke a guy that's known for like breaking people. You yep. Know? So. After the fight, uh, it was a uh, split decision, which uh, so somebody, some judge had one more round in Tony's favor, but which well, is bullshit. bullshit yeah. But that's why you have three judges, so you get the the two rounds at the end for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, so when I heard it, it was a, it was like the one judge. You know what I mean? Like one judge says Cody Stamen, I was like, oh hell no! We're, yeah, because we're, you I'm know what's coming going here again. I'm coming here again. And then they said that the you know the other judge had it for him. And the third judge had it, uh, you know, thirty twenty seven, and I was like, all three well, rounds, yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, there's absolutely no way that you know I didn't win a round. You know what I mean? He didn't land a punch the third round. Uh, I think the like the significant strikes were like forty to three or something like that in the, in the third round. Like he didn't, he didn't hit me. He head kicked me one time, and it like, it, it when I watched it on, uh, there's a picture, and it's like me just like getting just his shin across my. Like back of my head and like my face and like I have like this disgusting look on my face. It's hilarious, 
but it hit my it really hit my shoulder it didn't like it didn't hit me and then otherwise you know probably would hurt a lot worse now uh, now you've you fought somebody also with he had a substantial it seemed reach on you I mean, if it wasn't on the tail of the tape, it looked like it was there, and you were able to get in there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know what? The, guy, the last guy I fought had a lot, lot longer reach than this kid. I think mine's sixty-five, his was sixty-eight. I didn't feel like he had a reach advantage. I think that he, like, he was like, he had uh, like really thin arms. Mm-hmm. So it just so looks it that made way. It look like his arms were longer, but uh, I thought he was gonna have because it looked like when I watched him fight that he had like really little, really long arms. But then when we squared up and I kind of sized him up and I was like, no, he just is not. He's not very big. He really was a lot smaller than me on fight night. Like when I grabbed hold of him, I could tell it was like you know grabbing hold of someone twenty pounds less than me, because he, you know, very easily could have been fifteen pounds lighter than I was on fight night. Now the everything's open for you. You're you're, you're the main event of a prelim. You're one of the most exciting fighters now. Uh, Detroit has to be dabbled out there for you whether you choose to take a little bit of a break or keep this momentum going uh that's up for you but i'm sure there's been talks already i mean with the time frame it would appear that detroit would be a natural fit for you so uh there was talks directly after the fight (laughs) uh i got to have a one-on-one conversation with uh ufc matchmaker sean shelby and uh detroit is not a not gonna happen okay and I was actually really relieved. I did not want to fight again that soon. Yeah. Like I really didn't want to just because, you know, three months, you know, that gives you like a couple weeks to kind of like Lay back. have a normal life. You know what I mean? And like enjoy yourself. But, you know, do like then taking another fight two months after that because Detroit's, you know, it's it's eight weeks away, like on the dot. You know, like the like man, this would be like be my last meal before I had to get back on a diet again, <laughs> kind of thing. You know what I mean? That's that's tough. But and plus, you know, you like I, I want I want time to you know really improve. I want time to 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 get better. You know what I mean? Because that's that's really where uh, that's really where I'm headed. You know, and the guys aren't the guys aren't going to get any easier. You know, Tom was tough. The next guy's going to be tough. The guy after him is going to be tough. So I got to keep getting better, and yeah, that takes time. Now, was there anything that uh, really quickly during your preparation, it, it, you look like Skeletor for your weight cut and everything like that, uh, but you handle it like a pro and you, you, you make weight. Was weight cutting difficult at all? It was the best weight cut I've ever had. My weight got down like exactly the way I thought it would. Like, I mean, exactly the way like I planned it mm-hmm. to get, come down. Like, it happened exactly the way I wanted it to. And... Uh, that's the that's the hardest part. Like for me, like mentally, like getting rid, like getting over that hump, that weight cut. Because usually getting down to thirty five is hell, and like it really wasn't that bad. Like you looked bad, but you it, didn't feel no, that. No, bad. I didn't feel that bad. Yeah, I felt worse when I made forty five. Oh, eight, really? On eight days notice, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I got down to like one hundred and forty six pounds. Now I'm not going to ask you your rehydration secrets because I I think fighters should protect that and stuff. Yeah, but um. Made twenty four thousand, I think I saw the Nevada set or something like that. Twenty seven thousand, twenty four. Uh, how much did you spend the night that night in Vegas? What was the hotel bill? <laughs> oh, are you are you in debt? Did you come back in the red? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I guess I have to think about it. I probably, I mean, uh, three four hundred bucks. Oh, that's a cheese. 
No, Maybe. we got hold on, no, we got hooked up. Uh, Remember, my he's manager, frugal. My manager hooked it up. We got like we got bottle service, free entry at the Hyde Bellagio, the nightclub. The only money I spent, uh, I'm trying to think. I think I spent like a hundred dollars in liquor at the like the hotel, uh, like shop, and then we just went up because my family and everyone they were in our our suite up up at the uh, at the Mirage. And we just we hung out for a couple hours after that. Uh, that's when we, we went to Hyde Blasio. And actually, I say that make that more like five hundred because I want to say I was I was hammered when we left, as you can imagine. And uh, I think I spent like a hundred dollars. Like I got two two orders of steak and eggs at the at the <laughs> breakfast at like six in the morning. <laughs> Was that? Did it taste pretty good? I mean, when's the last time you had steak and eggs? It's oh, been it was, a little bit. It's been a while. It was good. It was worth it. Lasagna is still better, though, right? It, the lasagna is better. All right, it's the four cheeses. It's the four <laughs> cheeses. Can you guess which cheeses? Let's see. Let's see how good. I mean, he knew right away. No. Mm. No. Ask. Ask. I don't even know your name, dear. Sydney. What is it? Sydney. 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 Can you guess the four cheeses? Um, Mozzarella. One. It's an uh, easy one. That was I know. <laughs> Come on, we want you to be a guest on Hell's Kitchen. They always have famous people testing foods, but you got to know your stuff, Cody. Uh, what is that? Is it? Is it? Was it fricata or ricotta? Ricotta. Yes, that's, that's one. one. That's that's two, right? That's two. I'm half. <laughs> Breaking it down like the Da Vinci Code over there. Like cheddar. Nope. Ooh, it's all right. He gets two more strikes. Sorry. I don't know. I don't even want to guess. <laughs> I just want to eat it. Are you able to tell what cheeses cheeses are in there, or is that part of the secret? It is part of the secret. Oh my god! So people know at least two now, though. So yeah. those, yeah, well, those are easy. Well, yeah. For the listeners, like I won't, I won't ever reveal how people rehydrate because I, I do think that gives them an advantage. So we're just talking about secrets that people will never know. Well, lasagna and rehydration secrets. Rehydration secrets. Well, I believe I believe if, if if a fighter's got it down, there's no reason to. I mean, I coach little league. There's stuff we don't. I mean, even the, talk about. I yeah, I, I I teach like the guys in our team. Right, but don't ever tell. Mm-hmm. Outside and there's like sources. you know what I I've learned a lot in like maybe the last like year, and I learned a few things from uh, Clint at the Performance Institute at the UFC in Vegas. Uh, just some little stuff, you know, coming into the weight cut that I should do, and some some things you know, afterwards. Man, they're so good. It's like it's a whole different it's a whole different like atmosphere, you know what I mean? It's different like being in the UFC and and fighting for, you know, the biggest organization in the world, you know, and fighting for like real money, like people like really take care of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's like doctors that are like texting you like, "Hey, how are you feeling? What's your weight? This this and this. Do you need anything?" This is where this is what you should be doing right now, but like all these things, and it's like, wow. That being so said, different. How did Kevin Lee get to fight with staff? Fight with staff? Yeah, across his chest. He's saying that it was staff, and he said he, that he let Nevada know that it was staff, the athletic commission. Oh, I didn't know that. I oh, okay, heard that. Well, you're I, priority party, and yeah, he said it was staff across his chest, which you know is contagious. Sweet. And he's the main event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he came out and said that it was staff and that he notified Nevada that it was staff and he wasn't able to be on antibiotics, which really messed up his camp. I like Kevin Lee as a guy, so I believe him, you know, but it seems like 
staff would be one thing that would not allow you to fight the night before. You know, that's what the rash on his chest he was saying, whether that's true or not, or if a doctor diagnosed it or not. But you can't be on antibiotics before a fight, so he said that it wasn't able to be cleared up or something like that. Hmm. But, yeah, I don't, I don't. And he had an interesting weird. weight cut. He was eating tiramisu like the day before, saying he was going to make it, and then he didn't make uh, weight, and then he had to do the hour. To make weight. Oh, I think the tiramisu picture was after. It was it after? Okay. Yeah, and I think someone like posted it and said like, "No wonder Kevin didn't make weight." Oh, okay, so that was it. Yeah, I think that was like, I was like fake media. But he he did hit it after. He's a basically, an hour. I mean, I talked to him at, at like I was there. You know what I mean? Like after he made weight, I was like walking back down. I don't remember what we were doing, but I want to say we were we were walking back down and we were gonna like get some juice or something from the buffet the UFC had down there and. uh I saw him as he had just made weight, and I asked his coach, I was like, hey, everything cool? You guys need anything? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're good. Like, it was honestly, it was a really easy weight cut. They said that he just lost track of time. He said the UFC has this new rule where you have to, like, you have to check your weight by 10. And they knew he wasn't, they knew he wasn't on weight yet, but they just went down there anyways and, like, here, check, you know, here you go. Right. Kind of thing. He said he was, he was fine. He yep. was, he was smiling, like. I've seen guys in bad weight cuts, like, they don't, like, after you get off the scale, you know, you just, you know, you want to lay down somewhere and just drink water and, you know, die, basically. Now, there was a couple bad weight cuts in the MMA world, though, uh, this past week. Uh, Man, I had the article pulled up and I can't even find it anymore. Um, But weight cutting has become such an art now and is such a part of uh, the, the MMA world on how to do it. But there was a guy fighting in Japan. That uh, did you see the video of them carrying him up there, and then li- literally like he was like unconscious. They weighed him in, and then he fought the following night. So people are talking about the dangers. But as as a pro athlete, do you feel danger cutting weight? Hell, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The cutting weight is the most dangerous part of the whole gig. Honest to God, like if you don't do it right, and you try to like, there's a science behind cutting weight. How to get water in and out of your body. And if you don't, if you don't get, well, one, if you don't get the water out of your body the right way and you're not eating the right things leading up to the weight cut, you can like cook yourself. Your organs will fail. You'll die. Like, right. You know what I mean? Or kidneys start shutting down. Everything. Kidneys start shutting down. You know what I mean? Like your joints dry up, like bad things happen to, and it happened like fast, you know, someone like literally like one of the signs is like one guy, well, obviously if someone passes out, you know, that's, that's a, that's a tell that something's seriously wrong. But guys start turning yellow, like their skin will start getting yellow because their organs are failing. Right, and then, um, God, my mind went blank. Someone was pulled because they had diabetic symptoms from a weight cut from your card. <clears throat> oh, really? Yeah, UFC 218. Hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, uh, but you feel that's the most dangerous part about fighting is the uh, weight cut? Yeah, I mean, obviously the fight is, is, is dangerous. Dangerous, but, yeah, I mean, I think more guys get messed up during the weight cut. Mm-hmm. But this, it's a little, it's it's just, it's just, it's a discipline. You need to be disciplined. It's like anything else. Like, you got to be disciplined. Like, going into, like, five days, I mean, what did I have? A freaking avocado and, like, eight eggs from... Oh, last time you were here? From, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, my diet, my diet was really clean. You know what I mean? Leading up to it, so my body fat, I want to say when I got my body fat tested, when I got there, I was at 5% body fat, and I had X amount of water to lose, and, like, I was just... Just at the point where, like, 
I could I could lose like health I could lose water enough water to get down to my weight and like not die, like basically not die like I was like right on the border like when I got there mm-hmm. you know what I mean and then I got you know and I you know got my uh, my my uh, the amount of water in my body down another like 10 pounds from the time I got off the plane to the time I started my actual weight cut and there's a, there's a science behind it and and uh, and I know it for the non people that don't get to cut weight like a fighter in uh, even back when I was in shape and, and doing that stuff I did I didn't cut so t- tell us what the feeling is when you're re- rehydrating is it a feeling like of like euphoria or good or it, does your body take to adjust to it like it, it's playing the feeling as you're coming back from the dehydration process is it is it like an awakening like oh my i'm back to my old self yeah, yeah. or is it uh, a transition period there's a transition period i mean you literally like we're talking about i weighed in 136 pounds uh when i got to the venue the next day i was 160 pounds mm-hmm. not talking about like five pounds of water you know what i mean not talking about like taking a piss you're talking about like gallons of water coming out of your body so yeah there's definitely a there's definitely a period of time where you don't feel you don't feel like right. You know what I mean? Like you're not you're you're feeling better, obviously, but you're still you're still not right. I mean, I don't know. It's it's I try to like compare it to something like that every everyday people could relate to. But I mean, I would say that cutting weight is like a really really bad flu. You know what I mean? Like that feeling that you have, that achy feeling you have in your body. A lot of that, a lot of that, a lot of that pain is from dehydration. And not the actual flu, and so I would say that cutting weight is kind of like having the flu. Like even like after you, you know what I mean. You you have soup, and you're like starting to hold stuff down. You still don't really feel mm-hmm. right until you're fully hydrated, and that sickness is completely out of your body. So there's definitely a transition period, but like I did everything like to the T, to the T this time, and and it, I really felt great. Like by Midday Friday, I was walking around. I felt fine. My stomach was fine. I probably put 15 pounds of water back into my body. Like I was, like we were walking around. We went to dinner. I mean, I felt great. Woke up the next morning, worked out, and then went and fought. I felt, I felt fine. I mean, I did it. I did it the right way, though. You know, a lot of guys they don't, they don't, uh, they don't do things the right way. They, they don't have the discipline. And those, those are the guys that you know end up in the hospital or. Have, you know, and I'm glad you broke it failure. broke it down that way though, because like my number one complaint, and this is even to people that listen to our podcasts and stuff, is that when someone doesn't make weight, they're very hard on somebody not making weight. And uh, I, I sit back and sometimes I have to like be an asshole to them and re- realize that do you realize what these guys are going through to try to make weight, and you're getting mad at them because he can't make a half pound and they're calling off a fight. You know what I'm saying? And you explaining it and breaking it down into terms that like somebody that doesn't know understands um, is great because that's a it's a part of the fight game that no one understands. They'll be like, oh my god, this guy didn't make weight. What a bum! What did this? Or, or he's a professional. He can't do this. As you said, you're you're becoming as close to death as you possibly can, and then springing life back into yourself and the organs, right. and it's unappreciated. Right? It's no, it's. It's brutal. It really is. It really is brutal. And you know what? And I see guys not make weight. You see it happen all the time. You see a lot of guys continue to not make weight, and that's a discipline issue. But 
it's really, really easy to uh, like be, you know what I mean, eight weeks out from a fight and be like, I can eat that. I'm okay. You know what I mean? I have eight weeks. But that that eight weeks goes so fast. You know what I mean? Next thing you know, you're two weeks away and you're like, holy shit, I'm 40 pounds overweight. What am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's 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 pretty easy. I've had bad weight cuts. I've done it. You know what I mean? I, I've done it. I've, I've had a, a like a... One was a short notice fight, and I took a fight, and I was like, I don't know, like 165 pounds, and I had to make 35 in like eight days, and it was like, it was brutal. I was pretty close to death, and that was back in like the IV days, and I just stuck myself an IV, like got off scale, got an IV bag, mm-hmm. pump right back up, go straight into your blood, you feel fine. Well, you can't do that in UFC. No. The rehydration techniques are way different. Yep, the I sound, like a, are I sound like a little nerd right now, but no, no, it, it, like it's the science good. behind cutting weight. Because like, if you can cut weight, you can come in. Like, I'm almost positive I was 15 pounds heavier than Tom, and you know what I mean. And him having to, you looked it, him sure. having to carry my weight around, and like how much stronger well, I was down. than him. Yeah, it beat him. It beat him down. Yep, he couldn't compete. There was a point where you were trying to pass his guard, and I think he had uh, he had you in a half guard, and and you could tell at that time. How like, much bigger I was. Right. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I and, and you, you, and it, I say – I think you looked at the clock and you saw like there was 10 or 20 seconds left and you started posturing up so you could pound. I think it was the end of the second round I'm, ta- I'm mm-hmm. talking about. He's, I, and, and at that I time, bitched, he couldn't stop you from posturing up. I bitched at him for grabbing my glove. He was yeah, he that's holding it. my that's, gloves. That's exactly it. You bitched uh, to the ref about yeah. holding your glove. He's, he was a he was, uh, little like cheat, really, like really Chris nice, Chilios. He was like this nice like – French guy, like, hi, Cody, it's, it's nice to see you. Congrats on making weight. That's literally how he talked. I was mocking him all weekend, I know. <laughs> I got it down. <laughs> and then, uh, and then like, when we're fighting, like, he's, like, doing all this, like, he, like, cracked me in the back of the head. He would hit me in the back of the head and tell the ref to hold him to stop. Right. Stop hitting in the back like, of the head. Hitting me in the back of the head. The ref would be like, stop hitting in the back of the head. And then he would stop. And it was like, he'd hit me, like, three more times. And I was, like, looking at the ref. Getting punched in the back of the head, like, dude, are you going to do something about this? Like, no. No, what are you going to do? My favorite part about your fighting technique that has evolved since we've been friends is that when when you get hit pretty hard, you, you kind of uh, – Canelo is good at it with boxing. You you, you roll – you kind of – Everyone will be like, it. "You go with it. You'll 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 actually get backed up into the cage. You're you're fine." And everyone's like, "Ooh!" in the crowd and stuff like that because they think you're rocked. But you're kind of absorbing the. You're rolling with it. Right. No one does that because they don't want that second where somebody's like they're rocked. But you're perfectly fine. You, you kind of laugh at it. And you got to think like, okay, if I hit this water bottle like as hard as I can and knock it over, like you know what I mean. Like the water bottle takes all the impact. But if the water bottle is moving away from me and mm-hmm. I hit it. You know what I mean? However far it's moving away from me, like that is how much is being taken off that that initial impact. So like, yeah, when you know you're gonna get hit with a punch, like I don't just stay there. I'm like, oh, all right. And you back into the cage and everything, and it's cool. Yeah, and then you know, more you get, fighters should do it actually, because to sit there and absorb it and take it. I, I mean, I think that's something that's evolved from your fighting technique that we're I'm gonna see other people do. Yeah. And um, you know, you get the oohs and the ahs from the crowd that they they're not watching it that closely but you, you've not been rocked yet the only thing the, UFC. the only thing that uh that i don't i, I haven't been rocked uh <laughs> <That is wood. laughs> in in uh 17 pro fights luckily uh 
but the the only thing that that uh, hurt me in that fight was a body shot in the first round. He like stuck his foot into my liver, and I wanted to die for a couple minutes there. But other than that, I mean, nothing he threw had any. And the kids known it. What? Geez, what were they saying? Like before the fight, like oh, he hasn't lost in five years. Right. Eight out of his ten. He's on a ten fight win streak, and eight How out of ten of those. How will Cody respond to that constant pressure? <laughs> I know. Dude, <laughs> at Sydney, we were watching the fight the next day, and uh, and I was listening to the commentary, and I could have threw my phone through a freaking wall. Right. Dude, I'm listening to this. I'm listening to what they're saying. I'm like, I'm hitting him right now. I'm like, uh, I was like, I hit him with like a couple of clean shots and took him down, and like they're literally saying, they're literally talking about where he trains, and I'm like, shut up. Shut the fuck up. No but, one cares. what. But in the third Tom round, it's all you. with him. They're, yeah, they're like bandwagon jumpers, uh, yeah. like the people that don't have like a definitive Shut team, up. you know, like the the Cubs fans that weren't Cubs fans. Yeah, and you, losing. Could, and you could tell like Daniel Cormier, he 100%, he was like piggybacking off everything else everyone said. He didn't really know because I didn't talk to him. A lot of times like you'll talk to you'll talk to Joe Rogan like and he'll ask you how you feel about the fight because he wants to be able to like while he's commentating your fight to have some – Background. Some, yeah, something background, to talk about. Something to talk about. Be like, yeah, you know, Cody Cody basically told me that he's going to kill this guy. You know what I mean? And I feel like John Anik does a really, really good job of that. Like, he pays attention. Like, he, he watches your interviews. Like, he knows what you say. I think a lot of things he says are genuine because he, he really knows what's going on. He knows the fighter, and he kind of knows what their mindset is going into it. But uh, yeah, Daniel Cormier, he didn't do any research. He didn't tell what's going on. <laughs> He was like, yeah, Cody is just known for his wrestling. He doesn't have any stand-up. You better take Tom down. That's, he kept saying it the whole fight. And you beat him in stand-up second and third. Right? And then I'm looking at the, like, I, I saw the significant strikes landed. And, like, yeah, and, like, the first round, like, it was within five. It was, like, 20 to 25 strikes, and Tom was ahead of me. Yep. The second round, it was, like, 7 to 35. And the third round, it was, like, 40-something to four. And I'm like, fuck you, Dan and Cormier. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, and you were you were for DC, I think, uh, with John Jones. How quickly that changed. weren't you? Weren't you a DC guy beforehand or no? Yeah, I've never yeah, been I, a DC I, guy. I, I mean, letting I, everyone know. I I, uh, I wanted DC to beat John Jones. Yeah. Like I was a, like a fan of him until I saw him commentate my fight, and now I'm like, oh, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna go to our first commercial break. Uh, Dana White brought up something really interesting about John Jones that I want to talk to uh, with co-host Cody. Uh, we got Sydney joining us here. Ring girl Tay just came in. Um, we just got back from Columbus. That's boring as crap drive. And uh, I will see if Cody's gonna tackle some more lasagna. If Sydney's gonna tackle some more lasagna. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to the Undercard Hand Combat Radio. I think borderline five ten. Okay. Are we back? Yeah. Welcome back to the undercard. We're discussing how I think I grew when from thirty five on. I do. I think I gained did you, like that minute. Did you get measured when you had your Wolverine boots on? No. <laughs> no, no. You kick off the boots at the doctors. Come on. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I, you know, and if you're if you're calling my doctor uh, a phony or something, when I was waiting, I even had the Dr. thing. Doctor Raper. Yeah. <laughs> You can't call out my doctor and thing, but anyways, so like, uh, dude, that guy got <laughs> hit the name lottery, huh? <laughs> He's a doctor, and his last name is Raper. Damn, that's tough. <laughs> He's a family friend. Now I feel bad. We got to cut this out of the show. You don't shut up. All right. So, anyways, uh, 
Yeah, he's a family friend. Uh, so we, we dedicated the show earlier to what happened in Las Vegas. A, a terrible tragedy happened in which uh, people that were just enjoying life and as we know the story now, it was, uh, you know, as it comes out, it was just some, some fucking asshole who decided to take away the lives of uh, innocent people enjoying a, a night out in Vegas, a, a town that's known for its entertainment. And uh, Cody had some thoughts on it and stuff. Obviously, you fought the week of Vegas Strong Week. Um, the UFC was very unified. Uh, tell us a, a little bit about the mood there. So, you know, going there uh, was tough because I woke up Monday morning and, like, all that news hit. And um, my manager and I were talking about it. And he was, you know, he almost went there. Uh he was saying that his girlfriend's uh, sister was there, and she was pretty shooken up, and it was just, uh, uh, it's, it's, what am I trying to say? You you don't really have a good, uh, uh, there's there's not a good thing to say. There's nothing good good that you can really really say, and uh, I felt like there's nothing I could have said to the media. I had a bunch of interviews that I was supposed to do on Monday, and I canceled them all because I felt like it was really insensitive to go and talk about my fight when that was happening, even though I was going there to fight. But one thing that, you know, I thought was just absolutely outstanding was, like, the way the UFC handled it, like, what they did. I mean, everybody. Like, everybody from the PR to every single every single employee in the UFC, including the fighters, like... Everyone was wearing Vegas Strong. Uh, everything was about Vegas Strong, and everything was like, you know, whatever we could do to help, uh, you know, the people that were hurt. You know, everything was, uh, you know, uh, tapered towards the the first responders. Dana White gave, you know, fifteen hundred free tickets to the show for the mm-hmm. first responders. When he gave us our pre-fight speech, usually it's a speech about like motivating, like go out there and fight hard the only thing he talked about was like vegas strong and how proud he is of his city you know and how like everybody's coming together and like you know to fight for an organization like the ufc you know <clears throat> that like they really like i don't know like the the, the stock for the ufc kind of went up in my book a lot just the way they handled that whole situation you know what i mean like they unified a lot of people and did a lot of good things i mean dana wade himself said he's going to give a million dollars which is great. Like, he, he, that's his money. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not only that, but, like, Joe Rogan, uh, you know what I mean? He's another big staple. He's another big face in the in the company. He donated all the money he made uh, on a sold-out show Friday night. He, he didn't make a dollar off that show. You know, I, I imagine that he makes quite a bit of money every single at time. At his comedy shows, yeah. At his comedy show because it's a sold-out sold out theater. And he gave every single dollar to, you know, the the victims fund and so i felt like you know i needed to do something and uh we all got these these vegas strong t-shirts we didn't wear our normal reebok uniforms everybody you probably saw the vegas strong t-shirt that we walked out in my shorts said vegas strong on them and i thought you know like what you know what can i do to you know kind of raise some money for the for the cause because you know so many other people in the company did uh so we're gonna take uh all the vegas strong t-shirts that we got i'm gonna sign them and then all, all that I'm going to ask is that people show me, like, that they made a donation of greater than $100 to the Las Vegas Victims Fund. Mm-hmm. All they got to do is show me a receipt, and I'll send them 
and I'm going to give away every single thing the UFC gave me for this fight. I mean, everything from I don't care if I got to get people my, my shoes, socks, training. my tennis yep. shoes, you know what I mean, my gloves I wore in the fight. I'll give every single thing away. All I ask is that people uh, uh, show me that they donate $100 to the cause, you know, and I, and I hope, you know, I don't – you know, I'm not gonna. I can't raise a, a million dollars, but you know, I, I could at least you know a few thousand bucks to, you know, to to the the victims fund. And I thought maybe that would, uh, you know, because like, what am I gonna do with another T-shirt? It, know, I thought that would be cool. It all helps, and that. that's yeah. a neat way to do it. And because you're you're including everybody, it's not just an auction in which just one person's gonna get something. You're giving a, a lot of way to encourage everybody to donate. And I always tell Rochelle. It, it's the it's little things that people do every day that makes a difference, and so I, I think that's absolutely great. It's just not like you know, it's a lot of little things that yep. make something really cool. Yeah, um, you know, it, the mood for Vegas. I, I can't imagine it because I've been to the town a million times, right? And it's just a it's such a jovial town, and to have that happen. Um, because Vegas is a small community, people people just envision the casinos, but you realize it's such a small community. Nevada is all owned almost by government. It's like Reno and uh, Las Vegas and a couple little cities here and there, and they're a tight knit community. And uh, first responders keep you know the the civil order and everything. But I, I can't even imagine. And I thought of you a lot last week about like just going into the town. In a town that's built on happiness, having it taken away at an event, which they're known for, is just entertainment. Right. Yeah, yeah it was, it's just uh, it's blind violence, and it's so, you know, just I just got to say my thoughts and prayers go to everybody that was affected, you know, in mm-hmm. this, in this, and you know the the heroes and the people. I heard a lot of stories about people like, you know, <coughs> carrying carrying people's bodies uh you know two three hundred yards to safety uh uh one of darren's friends was telling me that his friend is a paramedic and i want to say he did like he was like stitching people up and like i mean a lot of people talked and ran but a lot of people stayed behind and saved like a ton of people's lives i mean you know i mean that 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 to me is and I, I'm not saying that, that that for the people that took off and ran, I'm not saying that's a cowardly thing to do. You know, someone shooting at you, you run. But they were, it's amazing to hear how many people, like, not knowing whether <laughs> they were going to get hit with a bullet, you know, were going back to help a complete stranger, uh, you know, get to safety. That's, that's admirable. That's that's cool. That's kind of stuff that, that you want to hear. And not only just the first responders, I, I watched a lot of interviews from um, the local hospitals in the Las Vegas area that got the victims. People forget um, not even just the first responders, but the people at the hospital, how traumatic it is for them when one after another person's being rushed in uh, and you're, you're trying to save their lives and stuff like that. And they were, they were working extended hours. Um, so it, also the people in the hospital, the doctors, the nurses that will we remember this for the rest of their lives you know the one doctor was just talking about just it's just one person after another was coming in and you know she's like at one time we're thinking how many people 500 because you, they don't know the numbers right and it's just just person you, after person did you see the line at the blood bank the yeah next day? that's awesome it's like a three-hour wait yep. people were standing in line for three hours just to give blood 
it stinks that it takes a tragedy like this for like that stuff to happen with blood banks and and you know what I'm saying? It's but it's, just, it's really good to see like, yeah, you know, like a community come together. Like I mean, that's that's amazing. You're talking about you know a lot of people that from every different you know you go to Vegas. There's a million different kind of people. There's people from every walk of life. You know, every from every corner of this earth. You know, in one place. You know, and I saw the line. Like when I saw the line of people, like you could tell that these weren't like these weren't locals. You know what I mean? Right. These are people that were there on vacation. Or they heard what happened. They went there. They went to the blood bank and donated blood because it was like the right thing to do. And that was that was cool to see. And um, I don't know if you saw Cody. We were friends on Facebook, but um, the Golden Knights. Uh, owner Bill Foley, he took down all the advertisements off the boards for tonight's home opener, and it says Vegas Strong all along the board, so he's losing advertising dollars. But I shared that it's on my personal Facebook. I'll, I'll share it. But around the boards, it says Vegas Strong around the rink to show unity, and he took all the advertising out, which I thought was really cool because he's you know showing that the community's strong. Uh, Bill Foley well, he's showing that loose. that you know like raising awareness for that is more important than. You know, some short-term money that he was going to make. That's it's huge. It's yeah. huge. Uh, with that in mind, um, of what happened with Vegas, was there was there anything that was was different with the UFC? Because I mean, they're based in Vegas, that, so that that's their hometown, and you're getting ready for a fight the show has to go on because if it doesn't go on that shooter wins right you know what i'm saying it, it, that's that's my philosophy with any acts of domestic terrorism or anything is they win when you when you stop stuff was there anything that ufc did differently that you you recognized well cautionary or something that you thought i don't think it was the ufc i think that uh you know i think the people at t-mobile arena i think uh a lot of the a lot of the local law enforcement, I think that those guys were doing like 18-hour shifts. I mean, there were cops everywhere all week. Not, I mean, not, uh, in, I don't feel like, I didn't feel, you know what I mean? There's never a point where I felt like cops were being rude or mean or, um, they were just there. You know what I mean? They were there, they were there to help people. Uh, you know, the air, airlines, you know, everybody, like it was, it was actually, uh, it's actually amazing to see like how many different like different uh, you know little little companies like that are involved in Vegas you know that were correlating together working you know a lot of people uh, you know were worried to fly in fly into Vegas because of what happened and the airlines credited them all their money for their tickets you know what I mean like things like that you know companies they don't have to do those things but they did because it was the right thing to do so. Right. It's good to see. Well, we'll go to a quick song break because I don't want to go into another subject on such a serious note. In um, once again, Vegas, we're we're a hundred percent by you. It is the fight capital of the world. Uh, it was before even the UFC in the '80s. It became the fight capital, and us being a fight show, like I said, we're dedicating this one to uh, Las Vegas. It's uh, the fight capital of the world. What can you say? We'll be back in a second, and uh, we'll continue on with Cody. We're listening to the Undercard. Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back. It is uh, officially October, too, so uh, if anyone has been listening to the show for four years, I'm a mad Cubs fan, and they're doing okay in the playoffs. It rained out today, 
in in uh, Wrigleyville, but uh, that means we go tomorrow and hopefully get the series win against the Nationals. So always watch programming notes. Sometimes our programming changes due to the Cubs' <laughs> activity in the playoffs. It just happens, you know. I, I get to, you know. I went through all the bad years, you know, being born in 77 with the Cubs. So now, like, the good years is a lot of fun. So the programming You've notes. you got baseball and Halloween. I know. Are you a, a Lions fan, too? No. 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 I don't You're mind. A Cubs it. fan and, and a Lions fan? Like, I would have jumped off the Ambassador Bridge a long time ago. <laughs> it would have been done. Probably, like, 19. Dang. Probably the Bartman incident. Yeah, it would have been probably that. That's when I would have probably, yeah. Mm. I, just I was been never like, a Lions fan, but I, I've always felt bad for people that were. <laughs> I don't like pro football. I can't stand pro football. Anything about it. I've not watched pro football in three or four years. What about uh, the Super Bowl? Uh, don't we don't even them. watch that either. We don't watch really? the Super Bowl. We watch no. the commercials the next day. The next yeah, day. I watch them the next day, like online. No. Cody, you don't strike me as a huge football Although fan, JT's right? performing. I played, I played football as my first love oh. as far as sports yeah. goes. Really? I love football. I don't like watching it anymore. I mean, I think the guys that play it are some of the best athletes in the world, but uh, I don't really watch it. All right. I'm so not like one of those guys that has, like, a fantasy football team and stuff. Like, I just like to play it. As soon as I was done playing it, though, I quit watching it, too. How about you, Sydney? Huge fan or? Not really. No. Their ratings are down huge. They're, yeah. they're behind MLB, uh, UFC, boxing, everything. Um, some are saying it's because of protests or whatever. I think it's just excuses. I think people, it's too much football. When they when they started Thursday night football, uh, you know they they always did Thursday night football after Thanksgiving, but now Thursday night football, yeah, Sunday night football. Monday night football and then all day Sunday games and then the occasional Saturday game. It's just too much. People yeah, are like it's oversaturation. Yeah, they're, they're messing. They're messing around with their market. Like it peaked. Right when fantasy football came out, it like peaked, and now people are kind of like, eh, well. yeah. I mean, here here's two truths about the NFL that definitely hurt them in viewership. One, they were a nonprofit up until two years ago. And they were a profit company, but they were ran as a nonprofit company. That made some people mad. And then they would invite uh, military people there, but they would also charge the military people to be recognized a ticket price. So I think uh, – and these are two things that have been talked about on uh, bigger stations than us, 97.1 and all that. Um, they used to charge the military to be recognized at one of their events. And so – that's why I don't watch the NFL. Two reasons right there. You're Oh, you're a nonprofit for all those years. And then uh, under pressure, they had to file for uh, uh, n- uh, not being a nonprofit anymore. But, I mean, that's just ridiculous to be a, a, under nonprofit laws and being what the NFL was probably making two or three billion dollars. You know, it's like, screw that. Like, that's just me, though. You know, the views of Brad don't necessarily represent the views of the undercurrent. That's all <laughs> I'll say. Um, I did want to talk to Cody. Uh, I'll, like we try to give you the fighters insider stuff, and um, and I want to talk to Sydney about it, and, and Taylor about it, and Rochelle. Everybody be part of this conversation. So Dana White can't go a week without being asked about John Jones, and I'm sure he's tired of hearing about John Jones. But he said something interesting. And in Cody being a rising star in the UFC, I mean, you you, you were on uh, you were trending on Twitter when I was watching the fight because I'm always on you know Dana White will tweet during fights, so I wanted to see what he was saying about you. And um, 
I'm never on Twitter unless for UFC because every fighter's saying something. But I, I'll, I don't get on Twitter, but so I'm really curious about what this is too. <laughs> but he said that uh, John Jones couldn't handle the pressure of being champ. He he said that uh, a lot of the t- steroid stuff and a lot of the the drug failures is that um, in now being banned from the sport a long time. He, his thoughts were basically this: he'll he'll also go down in history probably the greatest ever. And if nothing ever, he'd probably be fighting at heavyweight right now, and who knows what would happen. I'm in a business where the fame happens and the money, so you have to understand the crazy type of money that comes into the fight uh, business instantly. John Jones came in and started making millions of dollars. He was 24 years old and goes – and you can go back to interviews of me saying that's great. He's talented enough to win a belt. Can he handle the pressure and the stuff that goes along with being a world champion, with being famous, with being rich in that – question got answered so what i was saying to you and i i know your character and i'm i'm sure you're you're gonna be fine if i was a betting man i'd bet my house you're gonna be fine but as you're a rising star and all of a sudden people start coming out of the woodwork and and, and, and stuff like that and everybody wants to be your friend what is the game plan as it goes along because all of a sudden you no, know no. overnight what's that is it, a, is it a kanye song no new friends no new friends. No new friends. <laughs> I don't that's know. Literally, my that's been my uh, my motto forever. Like, uh, I mean, if you know me, you know that if somebody rubbed me the wrong way when I was nobody, I will one hundred percent rub them the wrong way today, tomorrow, any day. Uh, like I remember the people that had my back when you know I was coming up, and uh, I don't plan on uh, ever. You know, switching sides. I don't ever plan on you know being one of those guys that uh, that starts believing his own hype. You know, because fame and all those things. You know, it's really not shit. It doesn't. None of that really means anything to me. And I think that's a lot of the reasons why uh, I handle the pressure so well is because I don't care. I don't. I legitimately don't care uh, about a lot of that stuff, like the um, like a lot of the media hype and. Like the things that people are saying about me, I don't really pay attention. Uh, if it winds up in my notifications list on Facebook, I'll see it. And uh, I don't know. I, I just I don't have that. I don't really have that personality. Like I really like I'm pretty dedicated to like my family and my close friends. And I don't know. Like be like uh, you know maybe as a young maybe as a younger man maybe when I was 18 years old like 100 percent like. Being where I am today maybe would have broke me, but now I think, I don't know. I just don't. None of that stuff interests me. I don't really care that much. Oh, yeah. Rochelle, Rochelle saw this uh, the other day. That was the first day Rochelle met you. I had known you for a little bit, but there, there's Cody and oh, Darren yeah, in the Darren. old studios. Oh, good God. Shows, yeah, that was the first show you were Sydney. on with us. DC, DC Prodigies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. team. I, that, that shirt is like the one of the first – I mean, we like, we weren't even a fight team. We were just like a bunch of dudes that trained together, and we had T-shirts made. Well, yep. somehow it like got transferred over to my new phone from my old like two phones government. ago. Government, government, the government did it. Government did it. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious. I mean that that that's interesting. You said that about John Jones because in, until you you know you're you're going to walk because I believe you will be a world champion. You're going to walk in shoes that other people have never walked in before. But you're such a down to earth guy that I know you're going to be okay. But I just wanted your take on it, and then wanted to hear what Sydney and Taylor said because I, I we all like play the 
you know, if I win the lottery game and then sometimes you do get money in your life and you try not to let it change who you are and everything like that. But I still picture you like fishing and doing, doing your thing. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going to do the, all the same shit I do now. I'm just going to do it on a little bit grander scale. Like a nicer fishing run? Yeah, I'll have like a nicer fishing pole. <laughs> and like, I'll be fishing in like Alaska. You know what I mean? Like it, I don't know. I mean, really, I mean, you can, and Sydney can vouch me like, like uh i would just as much like to like be at home like watching a movie as i would like to go like to the to the bar i mean mm-hmm. literally like there's really not like if i have two options you know i'd, I'd not like oh, i gotta go party or i gotta go you know meet these people i would i'm just as comfortable like staying home on saturday night i just don't i don't know i never really i like had that party stage when i was really young when i was a little kid you know 16 18 years old and then I just grew out of it. I didn't care. And I think that's really like partying is what right. messes guys like John Jones up. Now, you come from a, a better background than John Jones. With a, You're strong with your family, your brothers mm-hmm. and stuff like that, yeah, we're, John we're Jones. Do you think background has something to do with it in the fact that you got a little bit more rooted of a background, didn't a stronger family background? Do you think that maybe athletes that – are just all new to like the world and then get money. I mean, is there any truth behind what Dana White's saying that like it, it just he became champion and lost control? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's that old saying like uh, you know like it. It's not you know like him becoming champion didn't like it didn't change his character. It just revealed it. You know what I mean? Um, so I'd say that. Uh, he was he was probably he was probably a cheater, you know, before he was a champion. He was probably doing these things before he was a champion. It's just like once the spotlight got on him, like he started getting caught for it. Once you saw it came in, then he started getting caught for taking steroids, all that kind of stuff. He was probably doing that stuff before, just just hadn't gotten caught for it, and then he got caught. And you know what I mean? Like it's like once you get a speeding ticket, you're a lot more likely to get six more because. Every time you get polar, that cop goes, oh, <laughs> I see that you have uh, two speeding tickets this year. Why not give you one fucking more? Here you go. You yeah. know what I mean? You know how that goes. No, no. I mean, that, that's, it's a it's good... A repeat of thunder. Yeah, it's, it's a good, good assumption. Um you know, I you know I know you're going to be grounded. There's a, a lot of my friends that have moved up and become uh, a lot more in boxing than MMA. Let's, let's say that... Uh, my day-to-day life probably won't change. I might act like an asshole just to get fights and make more money, but I'll, like, won't actually, there'll be too, there'll be a persona, and or, like, you know what I mean? I'll put a face on when the camera's on mm-hmm. and be exactly how I am. Fighting you know, for that lasagna. Every, for, every Tuesday after. Fighting for the lasagna. <laughs> exactly. Taylor's got a chance now to actually eat the lasagna. What do you think? So how much more is there? No, oh, so she, you like it. I like it, yeah. yeah she had really a big good. piece, too. Hey, yeah, now. Hey, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the lasagna is like, that'll be our thing now, Cody. When you win, we'll, we'll make the lasagna for you. Hell yeah. It'll be absolutely great. Yeah, Sydney, so what do you think? Yeah, I'm coming on those days. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, thank you, you guys. What do you think about John Jones? I really have and, no opinion. I never watched UFC until Cody was in it, so... <laughs> you know, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, but you you know uh, Cody better than anyone in the room, 
And uh, so, you know, he's, he is rising stock in the UFC. He's trending on Twitter. He, he's a top prospect. Do you see him changing or you, you just see the guy that uh, you've known forever? No, I don't think he will. I mean, I think everything that he's saying is true. He's going to keep hunting and fishing and chilling at home, you know. Like, that's the stuff he enjoys. That's the stuff that he's going to keep enjoying. No matter what level of fame he's at, that's what makes him who he is. So I'm still going to be an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I was just, I want people to know I was an asshole before. Now I'm still going to be an asshole after. <laughs> that's good. But, that did, but there's not going to be any change. It won't be because of money or fame or anything like that it's just it's just who i am but you say you're an asshole but i don't think you're an asshole i mean having known you for a while i i think that you 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 stand up for yourself i don't think that means you're an asshole i'm just kidding sydney's sydney's gonna have a different perspective on it but i mean if, if you believe in what you're standing up for i don't think that necessarily means you're an asshole only during the eight week diet is he yeah. an asshole Oh no! Do you get hangry? Oh hell yeah, hangry! So you were very happy he wasn't taking the fight in December. Yeah, yeah. He needs a break. He yeah, works. Thanksgiving would have been rough. He works hard. He needs a break. Yeah, it's just I'm like in a I don't know. It's it's hard. I, like uh, I realize like getting ready for a fight. I think it's it's really hard. I think I don't realize how hard it is on everybody else because everybody wants to talk to me. Everyone close to me in my life wants to talk to me about the fight, and I'm like in my own like little yeah like world you know what I mean all the time just thinking about it and kind of in like a different place so it's like it, it, I don't really realize like how distant I am with everyone because I kind of like separate myself you know and like after the fight then I, then I can like kind of be like oh yeah you know I, like I'm like quiet and weird all the time you know when uh, when a fight's coming up because I'm kind of in my own head all the time I in Rochelle knows this from many years I, I don't contact typically a fighter during fight week it, because I know what fight week entails. Um, I normally after him will congratulate him and stuff, but normally during the fight week, there's definitely no talk because I know what fight week means to these fighters, and so I'm not I'm not talking to him about stuff. And it's just that I, I don't I know that that's the last distraction they need. So during fight week, I normally don't say much. Oh, Sydney. So what do you do to like get away from that? You, is that when you're like, I need my girl time? Yeah, I mean, there are days like that, but I try to, I try to imagine myself not eating for eight weeks, having that kind of pressure on me, and I just kind of try to be like, okay, I'll just sit here in silence today because he's, <laughs> he needs that. <laughs> like, yeah, because he hasn't said anything in two hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like, I've been watching fights for the last three hours. Yeah. How yeah. nervous were you when he's fighting? Because it's always the people that are friends and family. That are more nervous than typically the fighter in the the yeah, octagon yeah. or the. I ring. get really nervous. I get. I mean, some people are yellers. You know, like his parents are losing their minds. You can hear him on the video after, and I just do not say a word. Like I'm like gripping the seat. I'm nervous. You know, I always have confidence in him, but I get nervous. Yeah. It, well, yeah. You know, in. in my son now uh, playing baseball. I'm more nervous for him than I ever was playing at any sport at any level it's just like it. it's when you're not in control yeah. and Cody yeah, knows weird. he's in control in there Cody probably feels it for his fighters when he's in the corner uh, probably nervous uh, Saturday night before when, when Darren fought and when everybody fought oh my gosh it was just because I, I cornered almost everybody and you know like these guys I don't know I just 
like one guy's fine, you know what I mean? Go there, watch one guy. It's like you get a little anxiety before. But it was like all night, you know? Like there was five guys fighting, so it was like the entire night. And uh, I remember telling Sydney, I was like, that was, that absolutely sucked. And she's like, why? I was like, I just, I'm like an emotional wreck right now. I just want to go to bed. You know what I mean? But you guys But everybody, everybody won. won. But the thing was, is like everybody won, but like uh, Darren's fight was, was uh, you know, Darren got hit with a hard shot. And you know what I mean? There's a lot of like ups and downs there. You know, a lot of guys, uh, a couple other guys like, got whooped the first round of their fight and came back and won and got finishes. So it was like they weren't, you know what I mean? It wasn't like one, like our guys just ran through everybody and it was like smooth sailing. It was like they were some rough fights and, you know, potentially down like three three out of those five fights, you know, they definitely lost the first round for sure and then came then came back. So um, it was just it was just, a, it was just an emotional night. <laughs> that was harder than actually going out there and doing it myself. Now, Kara uh, Rowe and Darren, now uh, have they ever expressed to you being in your corner that they're they're more nervous? Obviously, Darren's fought on uh, UFC level before. Kara um, Rowe just I, I, she she to me seems like you know nails like would yeah. never get nervous, she, but she probably does. They're both uh, they're both pretty gangster. I don't really know if they're nervous <laughs> or not. They don't. You know what I mean? They're just like kind of they're kind of let me do my thing and we warm up. You know, hit mitts with Kara. Do a little, do some stuff with uh, with Darren, and then uh, you know my jiu-jitsu guy Devin King. He's out there. We roll. We do some submission stuff, and everything's pretty light. I mean, I keep it, I keep it pretty light. I'm not like one of those guys that's like chomping at the bit, like trying to pump himself up before a fight. I mean, I just get warmed up, stomp my feet out, like break a sweat, and then you know, I think every single time. Uh, right before I'm about to go out, I uh, I say uh, best job I ever had, and I'm like walk out, and that's it. Like that's the routine, and I don't know. It's like uh, it's not it's not too nerve wracking. Yeah, I, I I can't see Kara ever getting like nervous, but I'm I, she might. But you know, it's Kara's, just, Kara's a gangster. I know, just like flat out, just you know, I, I've I've seen her. She's uh, one of those people. She, she'll tell you what's up. She'll tell you how it is. Exactly. Like she'll she'll tell you what she thinks of you, which is awesome. Yeah, I thought she yeah. hated me for like a couple years. Oh no 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 no, she likes you. No, you would know. She would tell you. Yeah, she yeah exactly. <laughs> she she, she'd oh, she just didn't talk to me. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like, I thought she's such a good coach is because like she doesn't like she's not like trying to like baby us. You know what I mean? And like I think if Kara was a guy, I think we would probably bite head like bump heads because of how like blunt she is about stuff. Uh, you know what I mean? She's like, oh, that was terrible. Do that again. You know what I mean? Like, and she can say that because I respect her. You know what I mean? And I'll get frustrated with myself. I never get frustrated with her. And uh, but dude, she doesn't let you get away with anything. You know what I mean? Like she's she stays on your ass. Sydney's got like a girl crush on her. Yeah, she's such a badass. Exactly. She's awesome. Yeah, I mean, she like freaking she like runs the show. Like, there's like ten professional fighters, like dudes in her class. And she's like bossing around, like you know what I mean. And everyone's like, "Yes, ma'am." You know what I mean, like doing exactly what she says. And then she's got the fruit on the tree. She was an undefeated boxer, so like you know, anything she says, you know, it's it's not like somebody not having the fruit on the tree talking about it. She was like a badass in the sport of boxing. She knows what she's talking about, and uh, she, a lot a lot of fight business background and the professional side of it, like with promoters and then the inside rings and stuff yeah. like that. So when when you got the fruit on the tree like that, 
uh, you command respect when you walk in there. It's just like, damn it, my respect right now. Damn it. You know? And when one day when Cody retires and stuff, he's going to walk in a room demanding that fucking respect. He'll be like, damn it, respect right now. Right. Damn it. You know? But Cody will probably say it more more eloquently or, you know, like push, go down, give me yeah, 50 see, right you now. Can't, like, you can't be, I, I couldn't be a gangster like Kara because I'm a dude. Like people are like trying to like fight me like it's a boy. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, she she just, like, tells you what's up. Like, after the fight, I mean, I think her and I both agreed that I didn't have the performance that I, like, could have. Right. And she's like, I just thought you could have done more. You know what I mean? And that's, those are the kind of people I want in my corner because, you know what I mean? Like, you get all these yes men in your corner, and then, you know, things start slipping. Right. And you get, you get people that are pushing you and telling you, like, straight up, you know, what the truth about, uh, you know, what's going on, you know, how you're fighting. You know, that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I need. Now let's uh, speculate. Who who do you think might be thrown your way? Speculate. I want someone in the top ten. I think uh, there's a couple guys. Couple, uh, two of them have fights lined up. Um, I want someone in the top ten. I don't know if they're going to give me somebody in the top ten or not. I don't know why I'm so obsessed. I want to be in the top ten. Like that was a goal. I was like, within a year, I'm be in the top ten in the UFC. I feel like that's like. I don't know if you hang out in like, I want to say someone just told me that I was ranked like 14th or 15th mm-hmm. in the world, which is pretty awesome. Right. You know, considering that I was ranked like 100th three months ago. I'm moving up pretty fast, but uh, I don't know why. Like, I want the top 10 is like where I want to be. I want to be in the top. I feel like, I feel like you, I don't know. There's like a different level of respect. You know what I mean? Like when you're there, when you're doing that. The lasagna is so, better too. She puts yeah, in like a fifth, she puts in a fifth cheese. The lasagna, yeah. There's you're only on the fourth. You're only on the fourth cheese, but <laughs> yeah, the fifth cheese. You, lasagna. Yeah, when you're in the top ten, you get the eight cheese lasagna. <laughs> exactly. And the, when you're the, the champ, there's like seventy cheeses in there. Yeah. yeah, and then we have a cardiologist on standby, so we <laughs> yeah. drop of a heart attack yeah. from the the uh, cheese in an artery. But right. um, no, that's a that's a good goal and, and a reasonable goal. I tell you what, the the you know not even being friend, just being journalist right now. The thing you said that I would leave the room from is that you didn't care about fighting in Detroit. And a lot of people would get distracted by that. But, like, you're like, I got a goal, and it doesn't make sense for me to fight in Detroit. Because, how? let's be honest, UFC might come back once, once a year maybe at Little Caesars Arena. But your motivation isn't deterred by outside distractions. So just as a journalist of doing this for a while, that's a good sign for, from me. You know, because there's a lot of fighters that would get distracted by that. They'd be like, I want to fight in front of my hometown, and this is something that I want to do. This is that. But you're like, no, you know, goal. Yeah, and then you're yeah. sticking to it. Yeah, it's just, uh, there's, there's definitely, you know, I feel like if you don't, if you don't have goals in the sport, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, how, how I mean, how are you going to know where you're going? What, are you just hoping? You're just hoping that. I hope I win all my fights. That's no, it's not how it is. Like I look at the guys. Like, I study the guys. Like the greats. Like you know what I mean. Like those guys. They those guys weren't satisfied with being. You know. You know. I just wanna. I just wanna be in the. In the, you know, top five in the world. Like those guys were like, dude, I want to be the absolute best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean in the world. And I'm like, just like top ten is my goal for the, for you know my first year in the UFC. Right. And then, you know, I want to be a champ. That's that's obvious within two years. 
I want an actual size Cody action figure because I mean you're only five six, so an actual size one can actually fit in Toys R Us. It's not that big, All right? Exactly. He's always got five six and a half. Five six you know and what? a half. Yeah, that might not actually packaging might not allow five yeah, six and I'm a half. Yeah. What were five, you gonna six, say? Uh, we, could, we could get a fat head made. That, those fat heads and put it outside. That'd be hilarious. We can do that. Darren had one. That was funny. I know. It was. <laughs> you come in the gym and you're just like. He was like roaring, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was like flexing so, and roaring. So you know, so you know exactly. You know, you know the picture, right? Yeah, you he's like, he's, he's like, ah! yeah, exactly, right. So like, <laughs> like the first day he put it up, he was like looking at it, and you could just tell, like, he was so proud of this picture <laughs> of himself. You know what I mean? And like, I'll do it. I fuck with Darren bad, and I don't feel like I'm one of the only people that does. So like, yeah, I can see him, and I was like, Dude, that's that's a cool picture, man. That looks good. <laughs> that looks good because they, they sponsored him, and it was it was cool, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this was a humongous poster of yourself. It's like ten foot Darren, you're on the wall, and I freaking went and got a piece of paper, and I drew a dick, and it was going right in his mouth, <laughs> right, and I left it there, and like it was there, and like all practice uh, was going on. I didn't say anything to anyone, and I didn't tell anybody that I put it there. And then all of a sudden, like, people are taking pictures of it, and they're, like, laughing, and, like, Darren gets in practice, and he sees it. You can just see, like, he's so pissed. He's absolutely irate, and he's like, who in the fuck put this dick on this poster? <laughs> and, like, I was trying so hard to, like, act like it wasn't me, and I was like, yeah, seriously, you guys, who did this? <laughs> and I'm like, I see how mad he was, and I, like, just ran out of the gym, and I was like, I'll deal with him tomorrow. He's going to be so pissed. And then he, like, texts me, like, that wasn't funny. Like, oh, he was so mad. <laughs> he was so mad. No, I like, remember on, the dude. picture. Like, very, I mean, you, you would walk upstairs, and it was right there behind the desk and stuff, and it was just him flexing, yelling. Um, and I was like, well, interesting, I mean, not, interesting not, fathead picture. Not, not, not vain, I mean. No, 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 no. He, he looked like a monster there. It was really, really, really cool. Not that um, I could talk about that, but. Yeah. And then, uh, so. we yeah, breaking it? <laughs> I'm fixing it. Uh-huh. Right. The other thing, too, is I. Uh, um, the other thing I remember about your guys' gym, where you guys are still at. Uh, first off, my son had a class with Kara Rowe there. Really? Uh, when, they, they, when you guys were going to maybe start a kids program. That's pretty cool. And, like, the kids were exhausted by, like, 10 minutes in. Like, my son was like, screw this. Like, I, I was just like, we had to make my it's son finish. Right, yeah. He was like, this is too hard. You know, like, uh, we're, we're doing uh, doing punches and stuff like that. But I also thought it was really cool um, when I came up there and uh, me and Javier were rolling and stuff like that in the back. Um well, first off, you didn't make me pay, Cody, which was really cool. You're like, no, you know, screw that. You're not, you're not paying to do here. But um, when we realized it was a distraction that I was there because, like, the undercard and stuff like that, Javier, you had that back room before you guys yeah, went yeah. in the back room. And when we went in the back room, it was really cool. But um, the vibe you guys had was a lot cooler than most gyms that, you know, I, I had been in. Like, everybody was really, really, like, helping each other out. It's, and a, good, it's, a, good, it's a good atmosphere. I mean, that's how you – the you picture. Gotta, you gotta want to be there. You're right. You know what I mean? Like you have to want to be there. You gotta want to see the guys you train with. You know what I mean? Like we're all friends, and like we do a lot of stuff like together. You know, outside of MMA. You know what I mean? Like we hang out. You know, there's like what I don't know, freaking a group of probably thirty of us, and like at any given point, we could all be going somewhere and doing something like on the weekends. I mean, we're a pretty close group of dudes. And you know, girlfriends and everything else that's mixed into there. It's fun. It's fun. Now, two fun. 
two fights in, and uh, we'll, we're going to clo- uh, start wrapping up the show here. Because, but we wanted to dedicate this show to Cody because we were so proud of him, uh, what he accomplished at UFC. Um, you know, next week we're going to talk more boxing, MMA with uh, Cody and everybody. But um, I mean, you're you're in the pros, right? Uh, and, I'm, and I'm coaching kids at a, a young age that want to be MLB players and stuff like that. You obviously had the dream. You talked uh, two weeks ago about the 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 positivity in your head that you you talk about the victory speeches in your head and stuff like that. What would you tell somebody that wants to be in the top ten of anything they are in, whether it be professional sales, anything, besides the work, the positivity, what else does it take to get there? Uh, I want to say it's, it's uh, you know, just constantly, uh, you know, self-reflecting is a big one that I feel like I never really talk about. Like self, being honest with yourself. You know what I mean? Not just going through the motions. Like really, actually trying to like get better. Like legitimately trying to get better. You know, doing every, doing the little extra shit that it takes to get better. You know, not not half-assing workouts. You know, like big being critical on yourself. You know, wanting to get better, and then not quitting. And that's it's really like it's it's really that simple. Because I see so many guys, especially in MMA, because it's the only thing I can relate to. Because it's the only thing I really taken uh you know this far I, a lot of other sports i competed but i didn't like you know really care i didn't really put the time into it and it's the only thing i've ever done like where i really put all my eggs in one basket and really went for it uh yeah it's 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 not you know not quitting like you i mean there's a lot out there's it's so easy i see so many guys so many talented kids you know that that could have done it and you know what i mean for whatever reason they let all these distractions pull them away from it, you know, and at one point, like this kid was so focused on, you know, being great at whatever it was, and then as soon as things started getting hard, you know, he 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 started he pulled away. He let distractions, you know, come in, and and he started making excuses for himself as to why he wasn't, you know, training. And then you see these guys two, three, three years down the road, and like you can tell, you can see in, like in their face that like they're they're not happy with the decision they made. Like, they go to an MMA event, you know, you see, like, a, I can think of a few different people right now, like, that were really, really talented that I thought were going to go really, really far, you know. And, uh, like, I'll see them at an MMA event, and, like, they have all these shoulda, coulda, woulda done this, you know what I mean? And, actually, one of my coaches texted me after the fight. He said, uh, you know, the, the, the whole world, everyone's got a what if. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be that guy. You know what I mean? Don't be that. Don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that like got there and lost it. You know what I mean? Like, don't forget what got you here. Like, you got to keep working hard. And I was like, well, I'm taking this week off, and I'll see you Monday. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, you know, now that the fight's over, we get to you know talk about it. But you you were coming into the undercard straight from training. You're icing yourself up. You're getting yep. banged up. Not once did I hear you complain. You've never been a complaining type. You know how many fighters I'm around that complain about everything? And yeah. you've never struck me as a complaining type, and you haven't complained to me yet, which is is a good thing knowing you for, like, six years. You can thank my dad for that. My old man was pretty hard about that stuff. Yeah, you don't complain, right? Yeah, you, you were uh, Two weeks ago, you're icing yourself. You're eating literally the Tupperware. I didn't even know they made it this size. It was like a sliver, Sydney, of Tupperware. And that was yeah, his meal. She, yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she packed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, she showed up with an ice pack and some food. And that that was his meal. And he, ne- he never complained. But a lot of fighters I'm around, 
it's it's a lot of complaints, you know. And then well, that goes back to like the the positivity, like negativity shit. You know what I mean? Because it's like anything, like anything in your life, you can, you know what I mean. And outside of fighting, not even, you know, people that have good jobs and nice cars and all these things. And oh yeah, man, my so and so, my neighbors pissing me off, and this is happening. And I'm like <laughs> looking around, I'm like. Dude, look what you live. Look, look at everything you have. And all I've heard since I sat down with you is like, oh, like, shitty this is and shitty that is. Like, no one wants to be around people like that. That's just, that's just poisonous, you know. Like, po- like people like, like you want to be around positive people, people that are just upbeat and, you know, ready to get after it. That's why we didn't include Jimmy in this today. I'm joking. I'm joking, Jimmy. <laughs> Although Jimmy's kind of negative sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm the positive one of the undercard. Marvel was always the the jokey, but um, I, I greatly appreciate uh, you letting us celebrate with you on this Tuesday. Um, congratulations again, toast to you, my friend. Thank and, you. Um, you know, we'll, we'll keep doing this. Many with, many more to come. Yeah, and we enjoy you part of the You're undercard. You're welcome back anytime you like. Thank you. Yeah, come we, come. We with walked them. here. That is perfect, dude. Yeah. We're trying to get him comfortable, and he's doing great. He's absolutely doing great. Like he just, he, we're so happy that he comes here and is a part of the undercard. So, um, but yeah, the the fight. Uh, I'll sum it up that uh, round two, round three. There was no doubt. Um, surprised about the split decision. There's always that one judge, but other than that, the other judge had it all three, and I kind of see. Um, it was, so I was watching Twitter. Some people had you up three rounds. And I was, I was trying, because I know you as a friend, I was trying to be very, like, you know, uh, real. real. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, he lost it's, the first. So let's, let's, let's win second, and then let's win the third. Yeah. And then when he stopped coming forward in the third, I knew you were, you were set. You know, yeah. like he had stopped moving towards you. And uh, you're, you're lighting him up in his own game, you know. Uh, you, you know, he, he's supposed to be stand-up superior and you're do, you're doing fine you know you're, you're rocking them and, and stuff like that so he was broke um i knew you won two to one like i said there's always that one judge but at, at people on twitter as i'm scrolling some people had you up all the, the three it wasn't like you lost the first round by a lot it was close it was close he, but I, he, he had like i want to say i think i really think it was five more strikes landed yep and i had two takedowns yep and I and so I'm thinking so if like, I'm judging it's maybe close. it's him coming forward that pressure, but the way you were able to handle that, I, I mean, after seeing that that kind of pressure, I don't know anybody that's going to apply it as much as he he does. He's going for it, yeah, yeah. And as you heard the commentators, they were they were loving him. But then by the third round, everybody's I loving want, you. I want him over. Yeah, exactly. I want him over. Bandwagon jumpers, I always say. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's like, look, they, he can't stop Cody. When Cody wants to take him down, he's going to take him down. Daniel Cormier owes me an apology. <laughs> Demand it. Just Twitter him, like, at Tornado. What do you think of this now? What do you think like, of dude, that? Dude, I heard your commentary. It was it was not good. It was horrible. See, see you next time. <laughs> Actually, come talk to me. You need to, to, need to do that because ass. that'll start getting up your other persona. Ooh. Ooh, the bad guy. Have we retired Mr. Wonderful, by the way? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely he's been he's, retired for a while. Okay, I didn't uh, know that. Because uh, Sheer Dog still runs with it, so somebody will know, be like, I'm this. watching Mr. Wonderful right now, and yeah, I'm like... Pe- yeah, people are people are always asking me what. Like, Bruce Buffer was like, are you Mr. Wonderful? Like, <laughs> dude, no. No, hell no. 
Okay. We need to email Share Dog about nice that or dude. something. Oh yeah, he seems. Really Did you read his book? He's a partier, dude. I could see him going out with you guys one night and That'd partying. Be That'd be fun. He, his autobiography was just like he he made it sound like it's just women, champagne, and and parties after. Like I I did make I was like I'm gonna read it you know I'm part of the fight game and stuff and he, he seems like he leaves a pretty cool life you know oh, I'm sure he does uh, <laughs> much more he makes, he makes <laughs> good <Michelle>. money <laughs> oh yeah he you makes know pretty kick ass I mean he, the damn he's good at what he does though I mean nobody can do what he does no and how old is he I know how old his brother is Michael Buffer but no how idea. old do you think he is no idea he takes good care of himself yeah he looks like a guy that's probably seventy but looks fifty. You know, like somebody's going to tell me he's 72. I'll be like, no way or something. Like, I, I could probably Google it, I guess. Not but he, one he, not one time. Name one announcer that has never messed up. I can't think of one. You know, even... Uh, it's like just saying that is going to jinx him, but I've been saying that for years. <laughs> knock on wood again. Yeah. You know, I, let me see what he is, Bruce Buffer. And then we'll close the show. Oh, my God. It's like the second thing that comes up. So, like... I'm not the only one. 60 years old. Okay, so I'd probably put him at 60. I'd say 50s. But he also has a second degree black belt in Tang Sudo and then green belt in Judo. Huh. Hmm. He's in pretty know. good shape. Have you, uh, now, really quickly though, Ro- Rogan's awesome at jujitsu and him and Darren get along. Have you ever, um, uh, has he ever offered that out? Worked out with him? Yeah, no, no. I mean, you think that's something that might happen? I'm, I'm, like hang out with him? No, 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 no. Train. Just use jujitsu with him. That'd be cool. Know? That'd be cool. It'd be cool to roll with him. Freaking mad. Him and Darren are him and Darren are buddies. Joe I've never really talked to him. Yeah. But every time dude, every time him and Darren see each other, it's like two long lost friends. I, f- I feel funny. for him because like he, he has to train with people that won't take your pick. You know what I'm saying? Like it, there can be nothing that is leaked from the training session. So it has to be like a unique situation in which Nobody's yeah. taking pictures or anything like that. And you know that Joe Rogan's called a lot of guys' fights. Yep. And guys have heard the things he's, that he said about them. So they're looking for some oh, stuff yeah, to hurt him. Guy, some guy wants to meet Joe Rogan in the gym and beat his ass. You know what I mean? Like, I'd imagine he probably can't go to a lot of MMA gyms. <laughs> All right. Well, Seriously. thank you so much. Uh, it was Lasagna Tuesday in honor of Cody. Thank you, Sydney, for coming in and sharing your input. Nice. Thank you, Taylor, for celebrating. Thank you, oh. Rochelle, for making the lasagna. Yes, great the lasagna. The secret will Rochelle. go to her grave, and then we'll, no one will ever know how to make it. Uh, it's actually written on note cards at home. How about <laughs> – I've only seen her give it away to one person, and that person had to trade – a cookie recipe or a dessert recipe with you, so it was a swap. But if 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 Cody was to win a championship, do you think you'd share it with him, or at least Sydney, or is it still like he has to win and keep know. getting it? I know. Good chili recipe. I'll trade you. What if he trades his <laughs> hydration and his weight cutting techniques? What, what who's that going to do me? I'll help you move. What? If you guys move, I'll help you move. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in, guys. And then uh, we'll be back next week. Go Cubs. Talk to you later. Bye.